0: talking to her poem. Now she was doing it again. Just look at her, dear. She looks like a little witch with those wild eyes and her hair all in a bush. You leave Linny alone, mother. I've had enough of your sniping, said Kathy in a voice in which Grandmother heard the fury and Lynette heard the shakiness. Well... Said grandmother protestingly to her perm, for her daughter, Kathy, was a sunny natured young woman and almost never lost her temper. Don't mind, darling, said Kathy to ex Lynette. But the ex Lynette was taken by the idea of being a witch. Tell me some witches' names, mum, she said. Well, there's Samantha and Tabitha, Kathy began. Oh, I don't want soppy TV names. Said her daughter, Some real witches' names. They'd have to be old ones, said Kathy thoughtfully, like Hepzibah or Susanna or Petronella or Abigail. That's the one, cried the girl. But it's so plain, so nobbly, so, so awful, wailed Kathy. Grandmother smiled. Abigail could see quite easily that Grandmother thought she was plain and nobbly and awful too. So that settled it. From now on, I'm Abigail Kirk, she said, and as soon as I'm old enough, I'll change the Kirk too. So time passed, one way and another. Now she was fourteen, and as with many other girls of her age, her inside did not match her outside at all. The outside was nothing to beat drums about, Somehow she had missed her mother's winning quaintness and her father's ash-blonde distinction. She was thin and flat as a board, with a narrow brown face and black coffee eyes so deep-set that she had only to cry for ten minutes and they disappeared altogether. This was one reason why she never cried. She was known in the family as a clever student, a reserved girl, self-contained, more to that one than meets the eye," said her grandmother with an ice cream smile. Dodgy. Instead of tweaking off grandmother's glasses and cracking them smartly across the edge of the table, as was her impulse, Abigail gave the old woman an ice cream smile in return, thereby proving that she was perhaps dodgy, or a girl who wished to be private. Outside she was composed, independent, not very much liked. The girls at school said she was a weirdy, and there was no doubt she was an outsider. She looked like a stick in jeans and a tank top, so she would not wear them. If everyone else was wearing her hair over her face, Abigail scraped hers back. She didn't have a boyfriend, and when asked why, she either looked enigmatic, as though she knew twenty times more about boys than anyone else or said she'd never met one who was halfway as interesting as her maths textbook. The girl said she was unreal, and she shrugged coolly. The really unreal thing was that she didn't care in the least what they thought of her. She felt a hundred years older and wiser than this love-mad rabble in her class. Her chief concern was that no one, not even her mother, should know what she was like inside. Because maybe to adults the turmoil of uncertainties, extravagant glooms and sudden blisses might present some kind of pattern or map so that they could say, Ah, so that's the real Abigail, is it? The thought of such trespass made her stomach turn over. So she cultivated an expressionless face, a long piercing glance under her eyelashes that Grandmother called slippery. She carefully laid false trails until she herself sometimes could not find the way into her secret heart. Yet the older she grew, the more she longed for someone to laugh at the false trails with, to share the secrets. What secrets? She didn't yet know what they were herself. The May holidays always made her feel forlorn and restless. Maybe it was the chill in the air after all the summer softness, the leaves turning yellow, letting go, whirling away, the dark coming earlier, as though the solitude of space were more tightly enclosing the earth, sunless and melancholy. It was not possible to go for a holiday unless it were to her grandmothers, which was unthinkable for them both. So if her mother didn't want her to help at the shop, she spent hours...